Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Christmas Day, December 25th, 2016, on the basis of Isaiah chapter 52, verses 7 through 10. Ever since it was first written, more than 70 years ago, it has been one of the most popular and well-known Christmas songs that there is. Which, at least to me, is a bit surprising when you consider how sad it is. And maybe it's because people don't really realize that. I mean, it starts out very happy and very heartwarming. It goes, I'll be home for Christmas. You can count on me. Please have snow and mistletoe and presents under the tree. Christmas Eve will find me where the love light beams. But then it goes, I'll be home for Christmas. Sing it with me. If only in my dreams. Yeah, very nice. It's that last line, right? That last line is, is the killer. It's that last line that lets you know that, that all of those happy and heartwarming thoughts are nothing more than wishes that are not going to come true. If I gave you a hint and told you that that song was written way back in 1943, could you guess who it was first written for? Yeah, it was first written for and actually written from the perspective of a soldier who was stationed overseas in World War II. Someone for whom being home at Christmas really was nothing more than a dream. The words that we're going to be looking at today have a lot in common with that song. They, they aren't a song per se, although they are Hebrew poetry. And it might be kind of weird to, to think about them on Christmas morning because they were actually written 700 years before there even was a thing called Christmas. And yet they're written from exactly the same perspective as that song. They are, are written for people who are far from home, people who are living in a foreign land, people who are in exile, people for whom... Being home and, and being with family is nothing more than a dream. As we look at those verses today, we're, we're going to see, first of all, that you and I actually have a lot in common with those people, a lot more than we might first think. But then secondly, we're going to see that, that Christmas means, the birth of Jesus means, that, that the good news for us here today is that being home for Christmas is much more than just a dream. The second half of the book of Isaiah was written for a time when God's people were in exile. Because of their continual disobedience, because of their continual worship of other false foreign gods, God decided to send judgment in the form of the nation of Babylon. And so for more than a decade, there were these continual invasions of the southern kingdom of Israel known as Judah, where the capital city of Jerusalem was. Invasion after invasion where, where more and more people and more and more possessions were taken captive and taken back to Babylon. Finally, in the year 586, there was a full-on, full-scale invasion of Jerusalem. Jerusalem was left in ruins. It was leveled to the ground, and nearly everyone was carried off into exile. Just a few people, a very small remnant of, of the poorest and the weakest and the least educated members of society were left behind there in the ruins. 
And Isaiah actually wants us to picture those people, those people who were left behind. You can imagine that after a decade of, of constant invasion, even after that big one in 586, they, they kind of kept anxiously and nervously looking to the east. Watchmen would stand on what was left of the walls of Jerusalem and look to the east, just waiting and watching, listening for the hoofbeats and the sound of soldiers marching in formation, waiting for for one final invasion to come and, and just wipe them out completely. But instead, what Isaiah pictures here is, is that what they see and, and actually what they hear are the feet of messengers. Their own countrymen running over the hills, running from the east, and as they get closer, they can hear what they are shouting. Good news. Peace. Salvation. Your God reigns. They were bringing the news that their friends, their family, their countrymen were coming back home. Those who were in exile for 70 years were once again going to be residents of the city of God. Like I said, you and I might have a lot more in common with those people than maybe we would first think. I mean, we might be tempted to look around and say, I feel like I'm pretty much at home this Christmas. I've, I've got friends and I've got family around me. I've got a tree and, and there are, or, or maybe there were, some presents underneath it. We've got snow. Maybe you even got some mistletoe. And you might be tempted to think, I, I'm already at home for Christmas. But I want you to think a little bit this morning about just how much that's actually not the case. A recent best-selling book and Oscar-winning movie was aptly called The Martian. It was about an astronaut named Mark Watney who was stranded on the planet Mars. Somehow, against all odds, he survived for a miraculous 564 days before he was able to be rescued and brought back home. But as I I read that book and as I watched that movie, one thing that really made an impression on me is just how hostile the environment of Mars is really to all life and especially to human life. I mean, if you were plopped on Mars without any sort of protection, any sort of spacesuit, you would be be dead in a matter of seconds. I think we'd all agree that that if we were living on Mars, we would be far from home. We would be living in a, a foreign land. We would be in exile. But when we think about where we live, when we think about living on Earth, is it really all that different? I mean, sure, the process is a little bit slower, right? But, but in a very w- real way, the place where we are living cannot sustain our lives. In fact, the place where we are living is very surely and steadily killing us. Whether we think about the, the harmful UV rays that come from the sun or the viruses and the bacteria that are around us, all the time that our body is continuously fighting against, sometimes unsuccessfully, whether we think about the the chemicals that we ingest into our bodies that are actually harmful for our bodies, or whether we think about a, a natural disaster that can bring our lives to an end in a moment, we will not live here forever. In fact, we cannot live here forever. And that's not just true physically. It's true psychologically, too. You see, in addition to the things that our bodies need, our our hearts need things too. Our hearts need things like companionship. 
and community and acceptance and belonging. Our hearts need things like, like value and identity and purpose and significance for our lives. And we can find those things here on earth in glimpses. But our hearts want more than glimpses. Our hearts want those things permanently. And to whatever degree we find those things on earth, eventually those, those things fade away or eventually those things will be taken from us. In fact, here's, here's an incredibly sobering thought that's good for each of us to think about. If the world lasts long enough, there will be a day when not a single person on the face of the earth even remembers your name. Unless you become president or cure cancer or, or become the first human being to actually travel to Mars, there will be a day when not a single person on earth remembers you remembers your name or a single thing that you've ever done. Does that sound like home to you? So whether you live in a, a very meager studio apartment or a sprawling five-bedroom home, whether the dinner table today will be surrounded by, by a dozen of the people that you love most or whether you feel all alone at Christmas, really, really all of us are far from home. All of us are living in a foreign land. All of us are in exile. And the, the reason for that is the same that it was for these people. It's because of our sin. It's because of our rebellion against God. Because of the times when we have loved others and loved things more than we love him. But again, the good news in these verses is that, is that that's going to change. That the exiles get to come home. And, and that's not just about those people of southern Israel coming back from Babylon, that's about you and me as well. The good news of Christmas is that God brings us home. God gives us a place and God gives us a home where we belong, a home with him. And Isaiah tells us exactly how that happens. He says, listen, your watchmen lift up their voices together and they shout for joy. Because when the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. I want to start right at the end. Of those verses. It says, the Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all nations. That's, that's more than God flexing his muscles and showing everybody how strong he is. No, just like you might do if you're, if you're all dressed up in your nice Christmas clothes, but, but you have to do some dishes at home before the le you leave the house, what are you going to do? You're going to roll up your sleeves, right? You're going you're gonna to roll up your sleeves so you can do that work. In the very same way, when, when God sees his people far from home, living in a foreign land, living in exile, he does much more than, than send down a map. He does much more than provide a, a spaceship that they can take to come back home. No, God rolls up his sleeves and goes to work. God, God gets involved. In fact, what we celebrate on Christmas is that God got involved to such a degree that, that he actually put on new clothing. He put on humanity. He put on our human flesh and blood. He put on a, a human will and human emotions. He became a human being in every 
sense of the word. That's the miracle that we call the incarnation. And he did that so that he could redeem his people. In fact, there's a, a very specific detail in those verses that I read that we need to make sure that we notice. As those watchmen are standing on, on the ruined walls of Jerusalem, looking to the east, they don't quite see the people yet. At first, they see the messengers coming to bring the good news, but even, even in front of the messengers, they see something else. Isaiah said, When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. So ahead of the people, even ahead of the messengers, is the Lord himself. In other words, in order to bring his people home from exile, the Lord, God himself, followed his people into exile. And that's the very thing that Jesus came to this earth to do. The thing that separates us from our God, the thing that distances us from him and that makes this place such an unwelcome place for us to live, our sin. Jesus took that on himself. And as a result, Jesus faced the full consequence of what that sin deserved with his death on the cross. Jesus was willing to allow himself to be, to be separated, to be exiled from God, even crying out from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Friends, the good news of Christmas is that we exiles get to come home. We exiles get to be residents once again of the city of God. And the reason is because the chief, capital R, resident of the city of God was willing to become the chief, capital E, exile. That's why you and I get to come home. And that doesn't just mean that we get to go to heaven someday. That means that, that right here, Right now, we get to enjoy blessings that this world simply cannot offer us. We long for, for companionship and acceptance and belonging. Well, because of what Jesus did, a member of our human race is God's own son sitting at his right hand. And because he is, you and I can know with confidence that we belong there too. You and I long for things like, like purpose and significance for our lives. Well, because of Jesus, we actually get to be a part of, of the greatest and biggest operation in human history, God's rescue mission for all mankind as we show God's love and share God's love with our world. We might despair at the thought that, that the day might come when not a single human being on the face of the earth remembers our name or anything that we've done. But because of Christmas, God tells us that our names are written in his book in permanent ink. And that there will never be a day when our name slips from the Father's mind or the Father's heart. Those are the blessings that, that you and I get to enjoy right now. The exiles get to be residents of the city of God because the resident was willing to become the exile. Almost exactly 22 years after that song was first written, there were a couple of other people who were far far from home, much farther from home than the troops in World War II. Astronauts Jim Lovell and Frank Borman were aboard Gemini 7, having spent almost two full weeks in space, far longer than anyone had been in space before them. And it was December 17, 1965. They were, they were on the last day of their mission, 
getting ready for re-entry. And the people down at NASA radioed up and said, are there any songs that you guys want to hear? And without giving it a second thought, they requested, I'll be home for Christmas. It made it the first song that was ever broadcast from Earth to outer space upon request. And sure enough, the very next day, December 18th, the, the re-entry went off without a hitch. They splashed down into the Atlantic Ocean just a, a couple of miles from their targeted destination. Everyone arrived safely, and, and sure enough, a few days later, come Christmas, they were home. For them, being home was, was much more than a dream. And friends, that's, that's the good news that our God broadcasts to us today. Not from earth to outer space, but from heaven above down to earth. That the exiles are once again residents because the resident was willing to become an exile. And as a result, being home for Christmas is much, much more than just a dream. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.